0: In today's show, we're looking at post-All-Star break, breakouts. Are they real or are they fake? Yeah, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast At Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Ending the week here by looking at something that's a pretty common thing um, to look at in fantasy basketball, and that's post All Star Break breakouts. We often like to look and go, well, look what he did after the All Star Break. That might portend into bigger numbers over the second or over the, the coming season. And we've seen that be the case in some situations and in some cases not. And as always, it's always important to look at context behind those situations and the breakouts and the big improvements and why they happen, and whether they mean anything for the coming year. When I go through and and look at players and their values, I don't sit through and go, well, these guys had huge seasons. This guy was ranked 50th post All-Star break. Therefore, he'll be 50th this coming year. Yeah, you know, I like to do it based on numbers. And there's been a lot of statistical analysis, I think by Kevin Pelton did most of it, suggesting that players especially young players their second half of the season it doesn't yeah that does not mean well they've figured it out and therefore it's going to continue on that trajectory the more the higher correlation was looking at the entirety of the season and improvements from there versus just what happened over the, the past the last 2 months of the uh, post all-star break it wasn't actually indicative of necessarily a big increase but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen in some cases and because that is often the thing that stays in our mind the performances that led to big uh, results for us in our fantasy playoffs can often be fueled by these sort of um, post-All-Star break, breakout-type performances. So we need to look into them. We need to work out whether they're real or whether they're not. And that's what we're going to do today, I hope. Well, I know we're going to try to do it. Let's hope we get some results out of it. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) All right. So after the All-Star break in category leagues on a per-game basis, this guy was ranked fifth. It's Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yes, and I am doing this on a per-game basis, of course, because as you know, you can't predict injuries and it's all well and good to look back on the total value of players. That's great for what happened last season, but it doesn't necessarily give us what's going to happen moving forward. It, It just doesn't. I did the injury analysis show where we showed the correlation between games played in one season versus the next season and for the two years prior and all that sort of stuff. And there just wasn't any statistical evidence to suggest that as a general rule, that predicts stuff. So, yeah, that's how I like to look at it. Now, we can look at this and go, post-All-Star break, Shea didn't play a huge amount. It's true, he played 13 games, but that was two fewer games than Kyrie Irving. It was four fewer games than Devin Booker. It was three fewer games than DeJounte Murray. Yet, I would never, ever hear that criticism thrown at DeJounte Murray. I would never hear that criticism thrown at Steph Curry, who played fewer games than Shea Gilders-Alexander after the All-Star break, um, or De'Aaron Fox, who played fewer games than Shea Gilders-Alexander after the All-Star break. So, narratives and opinions and um, perspectives can skew your thinking. Yes, Shea got hurt, but he played games that weren't egregiously low in comparison to some of these other players. Chris Paul played seven games. Jarrett Allen? Six games post All-Star break. Norman Powell, two games. And you can question the validity of injuries and all that sort of stuff. That's fine. But this is not that small of a sample size and it's not something to be disregarded. The fifth-ranked player. He averaged 30 points, six rebounds, seven assists, almost two steals, and almost a block. 1.8 and 0.8. They are gigantic numbers as a guard in particular. It is only 13 games played. I think probably, yeah, the steals and blocks, it's not outrageous that Shea could maintain those numbers. It's probably un- it's unrealistic, but it's not outrageous. What is probably the most interesting to me here is that most of that time was played without Josh Giddy. He played one game with Giddy, the other 12 without him. So therefore, those assists went through the roof. And Giddy, while we don't think of him as a high usage player, was about 22 usage this season. So it's above average. So some of those shots went towards Shea. He shot also 58% from two, which is a really, really high number. And he had struggled with efficiency through most of the season. He was 30th over the course of the year, Shea, but fifth post All-Star break. I think, again, that increased usage, the increased efficiency, the increased scoring, and in particular, the bump in defense and the bump in assists. I should have made like a sound drop for this. I don't have one, but I think it's fake. He's not the fifth best player. He won't be the fifth best player this season. Let me rephrase that. If we come back in April, look at this, and Shea was a top 10 player this season in fantasy, I won't go, well, wow, that that absolutely stumped me. There's, how could I possibly have seen that coming? Because I know he's got some of that talent, right? I don't think it's likely, but also I don't think it's something we, yeah, I don't think it's likely, but it's not something where I'd go, well, wow, that, that's insane. Like If I came back at, this, at the end of the season and Keon Johnson was the seventh ranked player, I'd say, well, you know what? literally impossible no one could have seen that coming it was actually impossible to tell if Shea ends up seventh okay alright fair enough some things happened and some things changed and we saw a lot of things come together but not impossible so it's a fake it's fake he's not the fifth best player you don't draft him in the fifth spot you don't draft him in the first round you probably don't draft him in the second round although that's debatable but in general the fifth ranked player post all-star break bang fake what about Terry Rogier? Do you want me to go on a, a side tangent here? I don't like the nickname Scary Terry. Like maybe it's my accent because Scary and Terry don't rhyme together. They just don't. It'd be Scary Terry or Scary Terry. But I don't say those words that way. Maybe is it a, It must be an American accent thing because it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, that's fine. Terry Rogier. He was the 21st ranked player after the All-Star break. That's really good. I had real doubts about Terry Rozier, considering he'd been like a 40, I don't know, like a 42% shooter, and then the year before that, he became like a 48 and 49% shooter, something really high. I went, oh, okay, he's done it for half a season, can he continue to do it? Well, the answer was yes. He did maintain a real high level of efficiency, but he also stepped it up massively in that post-All-Star break period. He averaged 20, Point eight points, 4.4 rebounds, 5 assists, 1.6 deals, 0.3 blocks. So first of all, I go 1.6 deals. That's probably not Terry Rogier. The 5 assists, uh, he's going to be their backup point guard because literally their backup point guard is like actually nobody. Is that a, Are they are going to bring Isaiah Thomas back? They don't have a backup point guard. It's Terry Rogier, so that's fine. 21 points, maybe. Yep, fine. There's no Miles Bridges, so usage is going to siphon down that way. He played most of that period without Gordon Hayward. Haywood missed most of the end of the season. I think every one of those games, actually, Haywood was out. But again, Bridges did play. So can we slot Haywood in for Bridges? That might be a fair assessment. He shot 41% from three. It's high. And I never like to predict guys to shoot over 40% when I'm projecting guys out. It's just such a hard number to maintain. There are a couple of exceptions. Seth Curry being the number one that always sticks in my head. I will always project him for over 40% shooting. Even Joe Harris, I'll do the same, although coming off his injury, maybe not. But in general, maybe 39, but 41 is tough. And then he hit 94% from the line. 94%. That is such a gigantic boost. And as I talked about in the past, Devin Booker is a name that comes to mind. Actually, I could add Devin Booker on this post-All-Star break breakout. He was seventh post-All-Star break. But when you shoot 96% from the line or 94% from the line and you are still an excellent shooter and shoot 88%, it's such a big drop-off that it is an impact. Now, Rozier shot 85%. For the season, 82 the year before that. So that 93, 94 that he was shooting from the line, he was still really good, but it's nine percentage points higher than his season-long number. And that makes a big, big difference. It probably jumps him 10 to 15 spots at least. And we know that percentages are double influences. The more free throws you hit, helps your free throw percentage, also helps your scoring. So that bumped him up there as well. So, is this real or fake? I'd say it's real, real-ish. I think the usage and assists and all that is fine. The steals are high. The free throws are high. But, with Haywood maybe replacing Bridges in, in that lineup, he should be a top 50 player. Probably not second round, and I wouldn't definitely wouldn't do him there. Giggity, didn't mean to say that. Didn't, definitely wouldn't take him there. But, it's not outrageous to suggest he could be a top 40 player. So it's not it's not completely real. It's not completely fake. I'm going to get splinters in my ass by sitting on the fence. It's sort of somewhere in between. But what's not in between, because it's obviously the number one place to get your sports betting information, it's betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find reviews and news of every league, including... Major League Baseball, the NFL, it's back today, sort of, in a Hall of Fame game, which is going to be trash, I'm sure, because a million players are out. But anyway, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. Live in-game betting, scores and podcasts, they have you covered with everything. If you want to have a look at today's game, the Raiders are two and a half point favorites over, is it Jake Luton? And his Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, that's the player. Jake Luton, you can go and have a look there. Two and a half point favorites. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Live in-game betting scores and podcasts. I think I said that line already, but that doesn't matter. Because BetOnline, you can go there, head it today. Or use your mobile device. And you can check out all of the action happening today. BetOnline, of course, is where the game starts. What a mess of an ad read that was. That doesn't matter, but we're ready for the next one. We're ready to talk about Jordy Poole, who is the 23rd ranked player. After the All-Star break, I'll just say it now, it's fake, right? Let's get it out of the way, it's fake. There is a possibility, I don't like to buy too much into narratives, and I probably leaned a little bit too heavily into this one in some past shows, about championship hangover and the Warriors are going to go so easy and Steph's going to rest all these games, and that's probably not super true. Um, Clay will still miss time, for sure. Steph will get dinged up a little bit, maybe they go easier in the um, regular season, but a lot of the time, that can bite teams in the ass. It can bite teams in the ass if you go too hard as well. But it doesn't always work, way. And I will talk about this a little bit more when we get to one of the other players on this list. Um, Jordan Poole was awesome. Quite obviously, looking at those numbers. He played 23 games. He averaged 23 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 0.7 steals, 0.3 blocks. But Steph was out right, for nearly all that time. Clay Thompson was resting at games during that time. Draymond Green was out and then he came back on limited minutes. So a lot of it was Jordan Poole being number one Jordan Poole or at least number two when Clay was there. Obviously, Wiggins is around. But now on a fully healthy team, you are probably still going to have Poole coming off the bench and not starting like he was during this time period, which really boosted his numbers. And you're going to have just the opportunity not being as high. We are definitely not taking Jordan Poole at number 23. That's that goes without saying. He's ranked 102 on Yahoo, I believe. No, that's 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 copyright. 102, that's his old ADP. Sorry for lying. Um where is Jordan Paul actually ranked on Yahoo at the moment? I'm going to have a look at that because it'd be very interesting to see because he did put up that really really strong um performance. Let's have a look. Uh 71st, which is about right. I feel like that's about the right spot for him because Again, we look at those numbers and go, the Jordan Poole breakout, he could have been six man of the year, all that sort of stuff which we heard people talking about at the end of the season. And we remember if you had him on your team, you're loving it. He was driving you so hard in the playoffs. You're really, really getting some big production out of him. But no Steph, limited Dre, sporadic clay. You know, that'll happen at times, but we're not looking at Poole as a top two round or three round or top 50 player probably. In all likelihood, he slides into a bench role. He might play 28 minutes instead of 33. He might average 19 points instead of 23. He might average four assists instead of five assists because Steph's there. He's going to have a role, of course, because they are missing some players from the rotation from last season. Um, Gary Payton's not there. Not that Gary Payton played a gigantic role. You know, Bill Litz has gone, Otto Porter's gone, and Moody's going to step up, and pull it's just going to be. A situation where he played the first half of the season without Clay, the second half without Steph. And theoretically, they're both there for the whole season. So, let's slam a big fat fake onto that for Jordan Poole. This guy annoyed me without any compunction in saying that at all, Darren Fox, last season. His NFT scam, number one, annoyed me with that. I believe they call it a rug pull. Anyway, shit move. Um, And the fact that I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. Third round, we like like point guards. It's hard to get point guards. Let's see what he does. And then he basically pissed and moaned for the whole first two-thirds of the season. I don't want to share the ball with Tyrese Halliburton. Let me be the guy. I don't want to do this. And didn't try on defense and couldn't shoot. And then Halliburton went and unbelievably coincidentally, just one of the most coincidental things you'll ever see, he became locked in. He played better. He shot better. He cared. He tried. It was just a, a coincidence. Was almost like you couldn't, you couldn't even script it. It was that coincidence. If you had have come to me and said, "I don't believe this," I would tell you that that's fair enough because it was just, and it's such an unbelievable. It had to have been planned. It couldn't have been a coincidence. Anyway, he averaged twenty nine points with four rebounds, seven and a half assists, and one point two steals after the All Star break. He only played 11 games, but he played 39 minutes a game. This is also worth mentioning when talking about Davion Mitchell, that Fox only played 11 games, and then Mitchell stepped in and put up those big numbers. And now Mitchell's going to have to deal with Fox and Monk and Herder and the return of Terrence Davis, and that opportunity is just not going to be there. Much like I don't know that 39 minutes a game is going to be available for Darren Fox, as good as he might think he is, he's probably not going to play that much. He also shot 50% from the field. If I had to put my money down, I would bet that he probably doesn't do that again. He shot 37% from three, and betting on De'Aaron Fox to be above average league, above league average three-point shooter is probably not a winning argument. He had a 31% usage. That was great that he got to 24th. Under no circumstance would I take De'Aaron Fox at that area. A, I got burned there last season. He's ranked 43rd on Yahoo at the moment, 31st on ESPN. I think they're probably a little bit high. I just don't have trust in that percentage, in the usage, in the minutes, even in the assists, to be honest. They're pretty high, but what if he has to share it with Davion Mitchell now? How will he react to that? Well, he'll probably react a little bit better because Mitchell's not better than him, um, unlike Halliburton. So we'll see how that goes. But 24th, second round player, it's sort of fake. Much like when I was talking about Shea, if he ended up first round, I would say, it's unlikely, it's improbable, but it, you know, maybe. Darren Fox is a second round player. It's unlikely. I wouldn't bet on it. You're definitely going to draft him there, but it's not it's not crazy. It's way more plausible to me that Fox finishes 24th than Jordan Poole finishes 23rd. Way more plausible than that. Because so I, I can see this. The 39 minutes I can't, but I can see him being much better than what he was last season. Where to be honest, he was an abject disaster for the first two to three months of the year. I think pretty most most rational people would say that. What about the future MVP? Kyle Kuzma. This was weird to me. I didn't really remember Kuzma having... and The guy after this, I definitely didn't remember him having that level of uh, production. Kuzma was 47th after the All-Star break. A lot of context required, though. He averaged 21.7 rebounds, 5.7 assists. Excuse me? Kyle Kuzma, 5.7 assists. Half a steal and a block. Let me just reiterate that. 5.7 assists for Kyle Kuzma. All right, now Kuzma was a guy who played better last season, absolutely for sure, but wasn't able to be a top 100 player for about the first two and a half months of the season. Struggled, really. And then Bradley Beal went down, and Kuzma really stepped up and finished the season like 71st. Really, really solid finish of the season. Really strong, fueled by this sort of production. He played 34 minutes a night, but he only played 11 games after the All-Star break. We forget that he got injured and didn't finish the season. And he only played half of those games with... Christos Porzingis. Porzingis. And Bradley Beal didn't play. So we look at these numbers, and they're great. But there's almost no way. Because Beal will be back. Porzingis will be there for a full season. Full season. And those 5.7 assists, well, Beal's going to take some of those. But they've also got another point guard now in Monty Morris. So Kuzma goes from being in these games, like at least five of these games, the number one guy, absolutely the number one guy in at least five of those games. And Porzingis was working his way back. So let's say he was basically the number one option for that whole time after the All-Star break and even as a ball handler. And now you replace KCP, noted non-ball handler or passer or dribbler or do anything with Will Barton, a guy that loves the ball in his hands and loves to dribble it and loves to hog it and loves to shoot. You add Bradley Beal back in, who's going to dribble and dribble and dribble and pass and then shoot and, shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and then one more pass, but he's going to have the ball a lot. You add in Monty Morris, who's actually a legitimate point guard and isn't Ish Smith or Hal Neto. And then Kuzma's got a battle for minutes with Rui Hachimura and Denny Avdia. So to say that Kyle Kuzma's on track for a top 50 finish, and I don't know if any of you have said that or have looked at this and go, all right, Kuzma top 50. If you do, I'd reassess it. It's highly fake. These numbers are great, and you're like, oh, you're just a hater. You just hate Kuzma. You just hate long-sleeved pink sweaters. Well, I do hate long-sleeved pink sweaters, but I'm just trying to look at this realistically. And that's how I sort of have to uh, do all of this stuff. Like, do I project that Beal will miss the whole season and Puzingas will play half it? Or maybe, for that part of it. Do I project that he'll be the you know, leading the team in assists over this period? Probably not. But will he? is he better than Rui Hachimura? Of course he is. Is he better than Denny Avdia? Some things, yeah. Most things, yeah. But where he goes in terms of minutes and roll and all that sort of stuff is still quite up in the air. I think, yeah, I would definitely take him, like Yahoo's got him at 100. I would take him inside that. But inside the top 50, nah, no thanks. No thanks. The next guy. Do you know Bruce Brown was ranked 48th after the All-Star break? because I didn't, and this is what I was referencing earlier on, that's what you call a professional callback, when I said about teams taking it easy in their regular season, remember at the start of the season where Bruce Brown was getting DMP'd, and we were all looking at Steve Nash going, look, what are you doing, like you're playing absolute spuds over a guy who was so good for you the previous season, and provides so much value, and fits in perfectly with his other guys, and the rationale was, oh, they just, they know they're going to make the playoffs, Um, they're just testing lineups, they're just testing combinations, they're just seeing how it all works, and yeah, Brown will fire up, and uh, all that sort of stuff, and that's great. How'd that go for him? I'm not saying that not playing Bruce Brown is the reason they finished in the, what, seventh spot or in the plane, because it obviously isn't. There's the Harden, there's the KD, there's the Kyrie, there's the Simmons, there's all that stuff, right? But it just goes to show that maybe losing some games early on, maybe mucking around too much, by playing spuds over proven players to try and get cute, to try and prepare for something. It's like your people who are in fantasy, I'm just going to trade and draft all these guys with great playoff schedules. You got to get there first. You got to get there. Finally, when they gave Bruce Brown the minutes, it was great. 14.7, six rebounds, 3.7 assists, 1.2 steals and 1.1 blocks. We know that's where Bruce Brown's value comes from, being a triple one player. 47% three-point shooting. So, I know I said I should have done this already, but I didn't, so bad luck. Not so fast, my friend. He's not going to be a 47% three-point shooter. Of that, you can be assured. There was also no James Harden or his replacement, Ben Simmons. So that spot didn't get filled. There was also KD, who was out for the first half of that period after the All-Star break and then came back in. And then, of course, there was the ins and outs of Kyrie Irving. So out of the big three, a lot of that time... There was zero big three. Sometimes there was one, sometimes there was two. And Brown was able to slot in and produce a bigger role. Now this team is obviously still in flux. Well actually, you know what? Scrap that sentence, because Brown doesn't even play for that team anymore. Brown plays for Denver. And we look at Denver's team and I go, Denver's starting lineup. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, who's coming to Melbourne in a couple of weeks, apparently. Cantavius Caldwell Pope, almost definitely. Aaron Gordon. Maga Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic. I guess I could make an argument that Brown could start over KCP. I don't think it's probably going to come true. But those 32 minutes a night that he played during this period, it feels pretty unlikely that he's going to get that level of playing time on a regular nightly basis. Yes, Maga Porter will miss some time. The headmaster might miss some games. That is all true. And he'll have some stretches. But in those stretches, when he's given that opportunity, will he back that up by shooting 47% or will he shoot 29% from three? I think he's going to be valuable, but not not this level. And if you want to take Bruce Brown with a last pick, that's totally fine. I just don't think, it, even though this, you can say, well, there is upside because he can get to this. I just don't think you can. I don't think he can get to this outside of injuries happening and a 82-game three-point shooting hot streak doesn't feel real. This one, so we are gonna brand it with a real or fake. It's fake. This one's real. Calden Johnson, seventy first after the All Star break, twenty point eight points, six and a half boards, two point nine assists, still putrid steals and blocks numbers, and that's never going to sh- never going to change. I was gonna say change, never going to change for Kel Cal- for Calden. He's just not a steals and blocks guy. He's putrid. Played thirty four minutes tonight. Okay, that's good. That's real. Um, Dejounte Murray, as we said earlier, didn't play. For like half of that time uh, after the All-Star break. And he's going to play zero games for the Spurs this season. Kelton's the number one guy now. So the minutes will be there. The usage will be there. He improved his assist rate and his rebound rate post-All-Star break. I think that's 71 for Kelton Johnson. Now, I'm saying this. I don't know where I have him projected at the moment. He's ranked 112th on ESPN and 106th on Yahoo. Um, I'm looking at where I have him projected. I? I think he should be higher than that. I think that he beats this number. I think a top 50 season for Calden is an absolute possibility. A 23 point per game season is a possibility given like who else is the offensive option on this team? That's I guess the big question. And the answer is I don't know. Like it's for sale and then like it's it's for sale. Like who who the hell else is offensive option on this team? Um I think this is legitimately real that he can get to um, this level of production. The problem I'm going to have a little bit with him is can he maintain the higher level of efficiency on higher usage? That can be, at times, a problem for people, but we'll see whether he's figured it out because he did improve over the second half of the season after really struggling early on. But this is the 71st ranking here for Calden, where he was post-All-Star, I think you'll be around that mark or exceeding it, not dropping back outside the top 100. Because if we look at where Calden was um, over the course of the year, he was, where was he? 108th. And that's where he is ranked at the moment on Yahoo and ESPN coming into the year. And I just don't think that's realistic. I think a top 50 finish is a lot more likely for Calden Johnson than he is to be outside this top 75. And the last guy, probably one that you've had, as soon as you saw the topic, he went, he's going to talk about Jalen Green, isn't, isn't he? And I am. Jalen Green was 76th post-All-Star break. His real improvement came probably you know, probably more March, April versus that first couple or that last couple of weeks of February, so that skewed somewhat. But Jalen Green was not a top 100 player for the season. He was 157th, so you know, theoretically, not a standard league guy. He was pretty harmful to real-life teams and fantasy teams for the first couple of months of the season. Happens so often for shooting guards who offer little outside of scoring. Something to watch with Benedict Matherin if you're considering drafting him. But he stepped it up. Post All-Star, 35 minutes a night. He'll do that again, I'm guessing. 39% three-point shooting. It's possible. 26 usage. I think that goes up. He did this without Christian Wood and a limited Kevin Porter. Well, he has no Christian Wood now. He'll have Kevin Porter, but... Jabari Smith slides in for Wood. Smith's not a high-usage player. So 22, 3.8, 3.2, 0.8, and 0.4 steals and blocks. Now, like Keldon Johnson, he's putrid with steals and blocks there. That 0.8 steals, though, can easily become 1.2. I don't think that he is as absolutely bereft at getting those— not bereft, not the right word— absolutely incompetent at getting those steals and blocks as Keldon is, but he, he didn't do it. The low rebounds is a concern. The low assists is somewhat of a concern. But if he came out this year and went 25, 5, and 5, don't don't be shocked. Now, where is Jalen Green going? Or Where is he ranked at the moment in drafts? 92nd on Yahoo seems ridiculous. 150th on ESPN is absolutely ludicrous. I have him just outside the top 50 at the moment. I think that he has top 30 upside, but you wouldn't draft him there. I think he's going to push to 25 points. I think he's going to increase his assists. I think he's going to increase his steals. And I think a real season, a big season is coming. And it's not, again, we have to temper what he did. But look, those post all-star numbers, they're not They're not crazy. Like, there's nothing here, 22, 3.8, 3.2, where you look at that and go, oh, well, he can't do that again. There's, there's nothing there. In fact, you look at it and go, oh, well, yeah, one more rebound, one more assist, half a steal, even 0.3 steals. Can easily be added onto that. So this is an absolutely big, real to me, bang real. Let me know. Was there someone else that you thought I could have had on this list? Devin Booker was seventh post All Star break, so maybe him. By the way, that's fake because Chris Paul was out all that time. Um, so what do you think? Do you agree that some of these are real and fake? Which ones do you think? Drop it down below. Follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments as I just said. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.